Hello. Hi. Hey. How you doing? And welcome to this. Jesus. <laughs> this. Hello and welcome to a Stardust DMI Star Trek podcast. My name's Jake. And join me today, huh? Chris. Uh, something's wrong with this communications relay. <laughs> Sorry, I get thrown off when we're remote. This is yeah. Ames. This is Caitlin, making you an offer you can't refuse. Oh, Jiminy Jesus. I'm very confused. I, I don't know where that one is. I don't know how that tied in. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the voice you were doing. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to make a mafia like, voice. Like a gangster voice? Don't fuck. listen. Now, here we are in the Delta Quadrant. Ay. Forget yeah, about no. it. Uh, is that no. better? Sure. Uh, no, no this, is, uh, this is the star to steer her by, the Star Trek podcast. Episode number two hundred and eighty-seven. No, seventy-four. Two seventy-four. Hey. That's that's the one I was, I was aiming for. Sure. Two seven four, which also happens to be an even number. So that's true. There you go. When you're right, you're right. Most of the time, when I do the intros, it's uneven numbers. Conspiracy or not? I don't know. We'll find out. What does later. QAnon have to say? We'll we'll ask. What? Yeah, I wonder what. So, QAnon with their whole like numbers are words thing. I wonder what two seventy four means. It probably means Jesus or something. Find out. Let us know. Write in www.com. All right, here we go. <laughs> wow, this whole thing has been cuttable so far. <laughs> Much of it, yeah. Shut up! It's great. This is fun. Listen, Jake, as he does every week. Is creating art. This is art, man. It's not this his fault that fucking you fucking art. plebes don't, you don't get understand. it. Understand? You guys don't fucking grok, okay? Yeah, yeah. But speaking of grok, um, <laughs> were we? <laughs> I guess so. This week we'll be talking about two new episodes of Star Trek Into Voyager. <laughs> the start. The first episode is the message of a bottle, and followed by Hunters. message of the bottle genie um, in a bottle and <laughs> genie in a bottle you gotta rub me the, rub right, the way. right way yeah. hey hot yeah so the voyager is out tooling about the galaxy as they they like to do and they happen upon uh something a little funny uh, some kind of relay station or i don't know some something seven to nine identifies it it's like a bunch of little uh like bubbles in space and uh it's like a network like uh like the internet <laughs> and they find out that it's huge. And so it's like a series of tubes? It's like a series of tubes. Right. Uh, and they find one of the tubes in the Delta Expanse. And they find the, that there's more tubes in the Alpha area. So they tool up to this thing. They're like, huh, it's like a communications network. So if we pump our, net, our guy into this side, he'll pop out the other side, just like the Internet. So they're like, huh, how do we make use of this? So Janeway's like, let me make a phone call. There's a, there's a Star Trek ship on the other side, so let me call them. So she calls them and says, hey, this is Captain Janeway. I'm on the Voyager. What up, homies? And then there's a response, and it's, it's hey, wait, homies. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it turns out it's just it's just you know it's just repeating back. Like remember those uh, remember those little um like uh, there was a parrot I think that you'd say a word and you'd press the button and then it would repeat it back to you in like a parody voice. Yes, I actually do remember that little electronic toy. It was kind yeah. of like that. So it turns out this communication array was bullshit and didn't work. End of story. Not turns out. While we can't get a very fucking simple voice message through, we can absolutely get the much more complex and irreplaceable doctor through. Yay! So let's do that instead. So the doctor uh, gets recruited to do this away mission, and everyone's like, hey, doctor, by the way, there's like a 99.9% chance that you're just going to disappear into this network and we'll never, ever see you again. And, Luckily, and... Paris is a doctor now. Yeah, so now, and Tom Paris will just have to be the doctor. So. That'll be hilarious. Well, I mean, so, he does cure heartburn. And uh, and the doc's like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. So he beams down through the network, and he lands on this other Star Trek ship. And it is, he's in sick bay because he's a hologram, and that's where they live. He's in sick bay, and he's looking around. He's like, there's nobody home. Hello, hello. And then he looks around. He's like, oh, shit, there's dead people. And he asks one of the dead people, and he's like, oh, Romulans. And then he dies again. It's just gas uh, escaping. Yeah, gas escaping. Woo! So the, the like, oh shit! <laughs> Whatever ship I'm on has gotten romulated, and uh, so he wakes up the EMH on that ship. But it ain't just like looking in a mirror, because instead he's looking at a dick, Andy Dick. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we meet the EMH Mach Two or Mark Two, not Mach Two. That's a different thing. This is the EMH Mark Two. So we meet Mark. Mark. Mark II. Nice to meet you, Mark. And uh, it's Andy Dick, uh, as portrayed by Andy Dick. And then we have kind of like, um, then we have uh, kind of a, a, you know, like a a buddy cop, odd couple sort of thing going on where they're bickering, but they're also trying to take back the ship from the Romulators. Oh, also the ship goes into like this special attack mode because it turns out what's actually going on is uh, we're on the HMS Prometheus, which is this new prototype vessel we've talked about it in a previous show i think oh yeah check out our blog activities at sshbpodcast.com dot com dot com uh and it splits so this ship splits into three parts and then the three parts like autonomously can go out and kill other ships so yeah so the romulans are trying to steal the ship they killed the whole crew and they're trying to get back to romulan space but the doctor and the other doctor have other plans and those plans involve killing the Romulans with gas. So they do As that. As plans go, it's not a bad one. You it's know? not a bad plan. We find out that the doc, long speculated by us that the doctor did have to reprogram himself to give himself a big dick. The uh, biggest that is dick. Now, that is now uh, the enviest dick. <laughs> I was going to say, is his dick as big as Andy Dick? Well, Andy Dick, Andy Dick's dick isn't a dick because he has, doesn't have those upgrades yet. So it's got Ken go. doll T- down there. T-Y-L. Sex? Um, um, so yeah, so Andy Dick's a little jealous of the doctor because he's had more life experience, but at the same time, Andy Dick's also very much confident in his superiority as the, the upgraded model, so... It Which, imagine bad. picking Andy Dick for the superior model of anything. Yeah, right? Like, maybe if the first model was literal dog shit, you could be like, <laughs> wow, Andy Dick, what an upgrade. <laughs> like, I mean, at least he I, smells I mean, a little better, too. As... as as news as radio, John Lovett once said, punches him in the face. I was gonna say, as news radio cast members go, 
he's probably the second worst you could go. I mean, Who's obviously, obviously Joe Rogan is at, at the oh, very bottom. I don't know. Of that Where list. do you rank Kathy Griffith? Uh, she's probably right above Dick. And then, like, and then you get you, those like that's bottom. There's nobody in the middle on that show. That's the thing. Like, every, it's either t- bottom tier or top tier. Because then you get the Stephen Roots, Phil Hartman, Dave Foley, Dave Foley, Love Dave Foley. Him. Actually, the He'd woman who was the MH. woman. She was in the middle. I think that uh, I can't even remember the actor's name. But the, oh, Dave, Dave Foley's love interest. Yeah, there. yeah. Wasn't was that Richie Sambora's wife? Caitlin, Ooh, somebody. I, I, don't I don't know. Generic anyway, woman actor. <laughs> carrying on with this intro. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So they they fill the entire ship with poison and kill all the Romulans, which is great because then they've taken the ship back. But then they realize we don't know how to fly this thing, and oh shit, there's more Romulans coming right for us. Oh shit, there's Starfleet to the coming up behind us, and we're caught in the middle, and we're gonna have to fight our way out of this. And they can't, and they almost cause a warp breach, but then they turn on the, turn the ship's. Uh, multi-vector attack mode on by mistake by mistake multi-ball mode Uh, (laughs) and because it's autonomous they're just like oh we don't have to do anything uh kill the romulans so it does and they're saved and uh except the crew of the ship the entire crew's dead but yeah the doctors they uh they win they pass pass the test there you have it and there will actually be effects from this episode which is surprising oh yeah yeah the doc uh he beams back to voyager and he's like hey i had a little adventure but yeah, everyone, uh, everyone back home says hi, and uh, yeah, see you later. What was uh, Paris and Kim up to this whole time? Oh yeah, oh, and then, yeah. In the B plot, you know, Paris, seeing as the Doctor is now effectively dead, for all they know, uh, they're like, "Well, we better get a new Doctor." So uh, Paris convinces Harry that uh, he should help him build a new holographic Doctor, but they fail miserably, and it just it just stands <laughs> there and recites. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. In in like the three hours that they had, they created this thing. Like they're never, and they're never going to work on it again. Well, I mean, Tom really did just jump straight to, well, he's dead. Like he really jumped the gun. I feel like Tom is really used to being disappointed in his life. Yeah, but realistically, that was a terrible plan. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Send Da Vinci. Don't send your only doctor. That's what I was thinking. Should have sent a poet. Yeah, I, mm, yeah. Well, you know, again, it's it's just the rule of we've got to send a main character, oh, yeah, of course. kind of thing. But last time Da Vinci went somewhere, they could barely get him to fucking come back. I wouldn't send him. He's a loose goddamn cannon. Sandrine, <laughs> where's Sandrine at? Yeah, there you go. Where's Vic Fontaine? That's what we're really. Deep Space Nine. Nine. <laughs> we got some Deep Space Nine mentions, some Menchies in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. They they dro- they do the old Dominion drop. Mm. No, plus we know they ultimately did not use Julian for the Mark II. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, he instead was too much of a with... wild card, that Julian. Instead, they picked some complete weirdo. I want to meet the doctor he was actually based off of, because if he's that unhinged, oof. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at it the way you looked at when when EMH Picardo was first activated, and he was very, by the book, he was very, like, not not personable at all. And oh, like, yeah, this that, guy that... is also brand fucking new and has no experiences. No, no, that, that part would make sense. It's the fact that he seems to be neurotic. Why would you make your doctor neurotic? Well, he's in a he's in a catastrophic situation. The first we meet him, like things are going horribly awry. 
Well, plus it was like his, this was his like testing ground, right? They probably yeah. dialed it back after yeah. this. Or they just retired him altogether. Yeah, like the first thing he does is try to shut himself down because that's the protocol. Because it's like, I can't do emergency yeah. situations. Fucking power down. Man, how jealous was the EMH to find out that Mark II didn't need to ask to be able to turn himself off? Probably pretty jealous. I'm going to say yeah. not very, because he could do it now, too. Well, yeah, but at the same, but it's obviously something that Starfleet must have realized that, oh, shit, having this thing not be able to be turned off by on its own kind of sucks. Well, except that it doesn't, because if you've got Andy Dick as your EMH and he's a little pussy and runs away, it reminds me of... There's a character in Final Fantasy IV where if his health, his hit points get low, he has a move called Hide, which is where he just runs off screen, so you can't heal him and he can't attack, <laughs> and it's fucking annoying That's as hilarious. hell. Is that is that the bard? Yes. Yep, Edward. Amazing. Poor bastard. But oh, anyway, shit. the point is, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to let your, like, doctor have the option to, like, run away when things get rough. Being fair, it sounds like he can only do that if it's this specific, the ship has been taken over scenario. We don't know. And again, That's Picard, said, I can just do it when fucking ever. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. He said that was oh, okay. the procedure. Well, actually, oh, right. I should I specify, that. the reason he did it was because that procedure in this scenario. But so. also because he's a wimp. Well, yeah, also but... because he is a doctor, not a... Pick, Commando. pick your favorite McCoyism. He, like he, his program is specific to only doctoring. He doesn't yeah. know like this EMH, Picardo EMH, has expanded his programming because of the needs of Giggity. the situation. I hate knowing that he added a dick. The EMH. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, like, what did you think he did? I just kind of assumed it was a Sung situation where the egotistical maniac just built one in to begin with. Like, I didn't need to know oh, that a penis? he went like, you know, I would like a penis so I can bone. Well, he, just... he want, he, I remember in like real life, he was looking to have more human experiences and yeah, he boned just, his wife. It was just easier for me to assume he already had one. It's somehow weirder knowing he had to attach it later. I don't know why. Maybe I'm weird. I probably am. I'm just glad he's going to bone town. Well, he definitely boned Freya, right? Unclear. I mean, Unclear yeah. if he boned Freya. I think it's assumed he, he fucked Denara Pell. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the one I was thinking of. Mm. So they, Starfleet can't move forward with this type of ship, right? Like, Why this class. not? It's dumb. And also it has three warp cores. Or Is it three? Two. I think it's two. Yeah, because it looked like N two of the sections had nacelles and one of them did not. No, no, no. There's a little nacelle that pops out of the top of the saucer when it goes into multi-vector oh, attacks. Oh, that. that's, that's funny. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, go back. There's a little nacelle. It's like it, it's, you can actually even see it when it's not in multi-vector attack mode. It's like it's it's, it's down, but in. not like covered. But yeah, it pops out because when it first goes into multi-vector attack mode, it's at warp and all three sections remain at warp. How mm. fast can you say it? Multi-vector attack mode. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, at least three warp cores, even if, like, the one in the saucer is just kind of small, like, that just seems like a drain on resources. There's, I, it's such, it's something that was designed because it looked neat, not because it makes yeah, sense. It would almost, almost be better to have the reverse situation where you have, like, ships that can fit together and form, like, a mega ship. Oh, like when the Transformers will sometimes, like, become one big robot? It's just yeah, a, exactly. it's a Power Ranger ship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But who gets to form the head? Like, the what defined. happens? 
Yeah. So, like, seriously, though, like, imagine you've got a Prometheus class. It goes into multi-vector attack mode. Section two is destroyed, but sections one and three survive. Do you build just a new section two? Do you have to scrap the whole thing and build a whole new one? Like, I think you just build a new section two. It's just weird. Yeah, and I, it's a, and it's a I weird idea. Don't think it would be a drain on resources. I actually think it would be like you'd have like one or two of them going at any given time, and then if if like you lose one, now you have backups. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since this is such a new more... test bed. I wonder if there's more use cases for it beyond multi-vector attack mode. Like if it can be used, I don't know, if you need to do an evacuation of a planet, you can send it to all. Or multiple planets, because now they can do multiple things. Yeah. Now, does that mean you'd want three different commanders for each Mm. section? Well, it looks like Uh, the sections function autonomously once it goes into multi-vector mode. So maybe... Well... Maybe you don't. Except they were the other sections were still getting their commands from the bridge. It sounds like. Well, yeah, that's a, that's what well, that's what I'm saying. So I wonder if like yeah, there's just one main band center and then the other bits just kind of operate autom- autonomously. Yeah, I bet you you can manually override them if you need to too. Yeah, this, this thing is definitely designed strict. Like this was this was probably cooked up in the same weird little lab that thought up the Defiant, hmm. and then they kept running with it, especially once the Dominion War broke out. Yeah. What confused me was when we're being attacked by Romulans, as you do, and I know, like, earlier in the episode, they say, oh, yeah, the Prometheus is, like, array of weapons and, and like, security measures include all these different kinds of shieldings. And yet, after, like, two hits from Romulans, they're like, shields yeah. at 20%. I'm like, what happened to all these special shields? Yeah, and their crazy armor and all this other stuff. Well, okay. Okay. I'll state the obvious about this episode. This whole episode was just cooked up to have a kooky doctor adventure. And it's oh, a yeah. fun yeah. kooky doctor it is, adventure. It is a kooky it doctor, is. but like, do not think too hard about this episode because no. the nothing really makes a lot of sense. You know, just stuffing the Romulans into this plot doesn't make a lot of sense. Would you uh, prefer the Ferengi? Yes. The Ferengi would have made more sense, especially since they have a history of hijacking Starfleet ships. The Packleds, then. Uh, I do find it funny that both times they managed to get in touch with the Alpha Quadrant, the Romulans were involved. (laughs) Did you guys recognize Rikar, the Romulan commander? I had meant to look him up and I forgot, but I did it while Jake was introducing. You son of a bitch! (laughs) It blew my mind, but I haven't told Caitlin. Caitlin hasn't been told yet. Let me think. He has a very angular face. He has a very angular face. Is he? Is he? We've seen him twice before, if that helps. Shut up. Is he the, is he, is he, oh, sorry. <laughs> not you, not you. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I think, I bet I know who he is. Is he one of the Vorta? The one no. that isn't, uh, okay. I, That's all, it's the only angular-faced people I can think I of right guess. now. I have a guess. Do it, guess it. Is he Khan, Darth Maul. Is he Khan's <laughs> little toady? Yeah, Yakum. There you go. Who we also saw in TNG. Symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, one of the, like, handful of genuinely decent first-season TNGs. He was really good in this, too. I really liked him in this. He goes, like, the Romulan kind of evil really well. His little first officer, who I don't know the name of, not good. Yeah, they they definitely, he was a good, good casting. The other Romulans were just there to fill space, it seemed. Yeah. Well, they fill lots of space with all their shoulder pads. (laughs) 
So, in two of his three appearances, well. he's stealing Starfleet ships to attack other Starfleet ships. I love it. It's great. I, I enjoyed him be that way. Yeah. See what Fuck, they should have done? They should have had a scene where the doctors figured out how to lower the ship's shields. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was sitting there going, like, he is so fucking familiar. But then yeah. I forgot to look him up. I like when the doctor says to him, paranoia is just a way of life for you, isn't it? It's like, yeah, he's a Romulan. That's the thing, Jake. That's where you're wrong. They didn't kill them with the gas. They killed them when they turned off life support. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because the gas was just an, an anesthetic. But yeah, like, but we yeah, don't need that. Support, we don't need that. I was like, oh, boy, the Romulans, the Romulans do. do. <laughs> well, at some point, they must have turned it back on again because the, the oh, yeah, people Starfleet beam people beam over. Being fair, I guess, they didn't say they turned it off, just that they rerouted some power. And even if you turned it off, like, there's enough yeah, there's heat in there, and probably. air that'll last for a while, mm. I'm sure. But it was still pretty funny. Like, I don't think the Romulans were their first concern. No. Uh, or their last concern. I don't think they were their concern at all. I like that when that one Romulan got his face blown off on the bridge... They didn't want to do makeup for his few seconds on the bridge. They made sure you never saw his face in that scene. Oh, mm -hmm. clever. Yeah. Like yeah. it was really conspicuously like just just make sure we just we just want to do the makeup for the <laughs> yeah. for the sick bay scene. Yeah. So that I mean, that's I wonder if it was even the same actor if they just had somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, know. that's a good point. Like Excellent if they question. if they um, taped that after the fact and we're like, fuck. We already sent Steve home. Yeah, plus yeah. you don't want to do pre-face-blown-off makeup and post-face-blown-off makeup. Yeah. Truth, yeah. Oh, that's what I was saying. When, uh, when, the, lights, yeah, the, when the lights went out. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed the doctor's line of, um, no, paranoia is just a way of life for you, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, he's a Romulan. That's At the very least, if you're in the Romulan Navy or government, yeah, it is your job to be paranoid. Mm -hmm. We got a really, really stupid pronunciation of Tal Shiar in this episode. Oh, yeah. He like added an extra H somewhere. Yeah, he was like the Tal Shiar. Oh, And I was weird. like, Gesundheit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate. Um, apparently, Picardo just is just constantly the thorn in all the writer's sides because he's always <laughs> making like little like suggestions of quips that he should make. <clears throat> and... I think he's probably the only character or the only actor on the show who can get away with this because none of the other ones seem to do it. Because I know like on uh, the Delta Flyers, Robbie and Kim or Robbie and Garrett basically say like, yeah, the, you, you'll, you'll leave them alone. But and you, and you also note you can't go off script at all. You can't ad lib lines even if you're if you're flailing. But Picardo just goes up and says, hmm, you know what, gentlemen, I believe that this line <laughs> about breathing down the doctor's neck wouldn't make sense because we don't have breath. And they're like, OK, what would you say then? So the whole like, could you not breathe down your neck uh, exchange uh, was all Picardo's idea. And it's a pretty good joke. I like that. Exchange, I thought it was yeah. good, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, too, it's like in reality, you know, knowing what we know about his his off screen life aside, like Andy Dick is awful, but he was a good choice for this character. I think him and him and Picardo worked well off each other. Oh, yeah, they worked really they did, well yeah. off, the, off each other. I know, like Andy Dick has said, like he wasn't used to like a non comedy show and this was mm. way more drama than he was used to. And also he had to act without his glasses, which apparently was hilarious on set. And he's basically said, like. Yeah, I had to think more like a drama show than a comedy show. But this one had like really, really solid comedy moments. Like I'd almost call yeah. this like a comedy episode. It, it mostly is. Yeah. yeah. Even when things are quote unquote serious, there's never really tonally a sense of threat, you know? Yeah. You know, like 
it's a funny situation that two holograms have to figure out how to save the ship and, and save all these yeah. things. Uh, and they do it in a in a good way. And I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I also I enjoyed his um, solution to the problem. You know, EMH1 couldn't get the locks undone. So he just tricked the computer into thinking there was a crisis. Oh, yeah, that was pretty smart. So good on him. And I liked how, you know, it, and we learn partway through the episode that like Andy Dick's EMH tells really lengthy stories and does them really stupidly. But then at the end, they tell their heroic tale together and are very like, I don't know, like connected. Yeah, and it's a buddy comedy and everything works Camaraderie out. and shit. I, I liked it. I thought they were great. Yeah. That whole sequence, actually, from when they finally get the ship to do what they want it to right through to them telling the story, the whole the, the music even goes a little like. Almost comedy heroic, like it's a little over the top, yeah. even, which was a nice touch. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Everything, though, about the B-plot with Harry and Tom was definitely like, this episode ran short. Yeah. Not, this was at all necessary. Well, yeah, it just seemed like they, they didn't, they needed something to put in the back on Voyager scenes. Yeah. yeah. Like they had a couple... Bolana and Seven bantering scenes. They had a couple other like little. This is what we're doing in the meantime. We meet the Herogen, and that and they're going to be consequential for a couple episode arc. Yeah. Uh, so there is stuff still happening that's mostly like setting up for you know some other episodes. But yeah, the yeah. The, the Tom Harry bit. Like I was, was just most confused. Like it seems like Tom just decided this on his own and and decided. Yeah. I'm one of the most important people on the ship because not only am I like the nurse, I'm the pilot. I'm a nurse, not a pilot or the other way around. Um, <laughs> I'm going to borrow Harry, who's also got a very important job that he's usually doing and make him dedicate a whole day of his life to trying to build a new AMH without permission from fucking anybody. Well, and again, it's just like. You've been here like an hour. Calm down. Yeah, and like I gonna, would get it if it had been a month of this shit, but I think if you were gonna have somebody help you make the new doctor, I'd pick Tuvok because I'd we pick already Torres. know. See, I'd pick Tuvok because we already know that he's r really good at creating realistic holodeck characters. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, and he's got a strong attention to detail. I don't know. I think I think Tuvok would do a good job. Yeah, like I could see Tom saying like it would be a good backup to have in case the doctor is lost because I don't want to do this. He seems very overwhelmed. It should not be his yeah. job. Also, who the f like I get maybe Neelix doesn't know because he's not human and his entire gastrointestinal system is probably different. How did the two humans not understand they just had heartburn? They probably don't have heartburn in the future. That's what I said. Like, God Damn. Well, everything's replicated. You feel like no matter what it tastes like, they would have like formulated it to not give you stomach upset. I mean, there's but probably also, like, no food future. poisoning in the future. I mean, you know, maybe they, maybe they did know what was wrong with them, but because they were extras, they couldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. The only problem with that theory is like, yeah, maybe replicated food is designed to not. Oh, fuck but with he's you. not replicating food. Yeah, they're eating Neelix's food most of the time. So, well, maybe this was the first time they that he gave them heart, uh, heartburn, heartburn, because yeah. yeah. it was rootin' tootin' chili or whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah, because normally rootin he's making tootin', some bland rootin garbage. Rootin' tootin' shit shootin' chili. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was another thing I forgot. They, 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 I, about goddamn time Chakotay tells Bolana to fucking chill on 7 to 9. Mm. Like, I get that, yeah, she's she's a bit curt and maybe needs to learn to socialize a little, but I've been moaning for a while now about the fact that, like, there's clearly a lot of her being, uh, Bolana being mad at Seven for her past, which, again, she had no control over, so maybe deal with that like an adult? Bolana's just mad she's not the new hot girl on the ship anymore. <laughs> 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 See, I also saw, like... She's sick of Harry not staring lustily at her. <laughs> I think it's also, like, a, a power thing. Like, Balana is the chief engineer. And we've yeah. we got Seven, who just wanders in, doesn't... Again, like Tom and creating this new holodeck thing. Yeah. Doesn't ask permission to do stuff. Doesn't And doesn't seem to see Torres as her superior. Just does things. I can see Torres getting pissed off about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and if that's how it had been framed the whole time, that'd be one thing, but it's like, again, so much of it just seems to really just be her being, or the initial jumping off point was her being mad about her having been a Borg and not feeling bad about it. I didn't see any of that this episode. Yeah, but it's because it just feels like that's what sort of started it. Right, that was the through line in the beginning, for sure. Yeah, so like, yeah. You can hate someone for many reasons. No, no, I know, I know, but. Yeah. Belana, it just felt like she was being petty, especially because Seven of Nine is learning to be human and doesn't really know any better. Like, you kind of have to cut her some slack, I I feel. Yeah, you gotta gotta understand that she's learning to socialize for the first time in her life, pretty much. And that's why I thought her method in this episode to be like, hey, listen, like, maybe you don't understand that, like, you talk to people like they're dickheads. (laughs) Maybe if you worked on that, people would like you more. Yeah, like address it like an adult they're just fume constantly plus like seven of nine i would think has got to be the easiest person to approach about like hey you're really shitty at these niceties <clears throat> because she probably doesn't really give a fuck oh, yeah she can't yeah. get so offended. she's like yeah. She, yeah exactly so you feel like they would be like the safest person to be like hey these things you're doing are not great yeah uh, She's not going to go postal because you don't like her bedside manner. I like that. I do like that they bond over hurting somebody. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That was after Janeway leaves. I wanted her to be like, you know, I was lying. I, I he is so dead. No. Yeah, the uh, the Herogen. I forgot they were the ones behind this little array until one of them popped up. But yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know if they're the ones behind it. At least not yet. We just know that. Well, didn't. Didn't they say it was that? Well, I guess they maybe claim they, that they claim that it's theirs. Oh, but they could have taken it. Like they made it. I think. I think we'll yeah. find out soon that that probably predates them by a good deal. And they yeah, just, I guess they, they, just they found it. Claim ownership. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> did, you, did you also recognize our Herogen Alpha? The internet says his name is Idrin or Idrin, but I don't think it's said on the, in the show. But he, but we have seen him before as well. His face was so covered, I did not. Oh, you don't need to look at the face. Oh? How tall is this man? White. Eight feet freaking, t- I actually don't know, but he's incredibly, incredibly tall. Because he's the guy oh, who God, plays Mayhardu. Oh, oh, no shit. Oh, Mayhardu. I was, I was going to say maybe it was, um. That's, um, what's his, oh, Lurch. Yeah. That's, um, what's it, the Nagus's dude? Yeah, Mayhardu, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Cool. Yeah, she got a line. <laughs> 
Finally. Didn't he have yeah, like he, one line, line in an in episode like a, as the Meherdu as well? But well there I think he had a line in an episode, but it was like a dream sequence or mm. something. Oh something. or he was being like it was one of the um prophet yeah, uh, yeah. visions or something. Either way, that that is fun. Yes. Yeah, it's always good um, to see him. I will say though, I, I kind of forgot about their little face masks and boy do they look like refugees from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mm. there's a real Scorpion vibe. <laughs> I kind of latched on to Mad Max, but I like yours better. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> Don't was, use our relay. <laughs> it was kind of funny, though. Chakoti, wow, they've, they've harnessed uh, singularities. It's like, yeah, the Romulans do that, too. Why is this surprising? That's the next episode. Oh, does he bring that? that? God damn it. They're blurring together a little. Yeah. We just watched them. I know, but, you know, know. I'm just kidding. And I it's not the, the Herogen tech. Literally uses, every time. It's not the Herogen tech that uses a, a singularity. It's that station. Thing. Right, right. Well, that's what I mean, though, but just being surprised that someone oh, harnessed okay. a singularity well, at all. Cut, but cut yes, this that's conversation and move it later. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read that yeah, no, this... at the time there was a lot of debate over how many other Defiant-class ships there were. Because this is before mm. Valiant has aired on Deep Space Nine. Because oh, it is? most okay. fans were adamant that the, the Defiant is the only one. It's the only one of its kind because it's Cisco's ship, so it's special. Wah! You're saying the fans were feeling a bit Defiant. Yeah. Then. Well, the Defiant was presented initially as a prototype. But then they made more when they realized it was it, good. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it that was it. It like, performed well. Yeah, there was only one. Then they finally figured out how to deal with the issues the original had had. So yeah, of course, especially in the middle of a war, they're going to churn those fuckers out as fast as they can. Yeah, and they're small, and they pro they probably are pretty quick to build, at least compared to the They did it in the Mirror Universe in like a day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine yeah, so. the Defiant is the only one with a cloaking device. Yes. Yeah. And the only one with Worf's bedroom, obviously. <laughs> He's got but one of those race car beds. So that's an interesting... Oh, uh, he does. That's an interesting thing. That's right? why he because... and Jadzia didn't get married for a long time. She was like, I'm not sleeping in the race car. I'm oh, sorry, she totally Jake. be into that. Yeah, go on, Jake. I'm so sorry. So the Romulans and the Federation are, you know, n not obviously allies probably yet at this point, but they're certainly not on the worst of terms, at least not on stealing each other's starship terms. So it, it does, does surprise me. And again, I, I chalk it's this Yacom, up to the episode. Jake. Come on. I chalk this up to the episode, again, being, oh, we need a villain, Romulans. Well, there's there's two ways you could, well, three ways you could look at it. One, your way, which frankly makes a lot of sense. Two, yeah, they're not technically on bad terms, but hey, they're, a, you know, the Federation's maybe a little wobbly right now because this whole war thing, let's take advantage of it. Yeah, it's an opportunistic it. thing. Three... You kind of get, like, there's not much said, but you could totally imagine maybe this guy's just kind of doing it on his own. Like, they don't really say, we don't know where his original ship is. We don't know exactly how he took the Prometheus. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like, he's taking it to Romulan space at first, and he's like, actually, I'm giving it to the Tal Shiar. Mm. And even the rest of his crew are like, wait, what? So, like, this guy may have just gone rogue at some point. So, timeline-wise, I wonder if this is before the Tal Shiar basically get wiped out. More or less. Oh, that's that good is question. a good Attacking the founder's home world. Mm. Huh, I didn't think of that. Because they do, they do make a comeback, because I think we see them, you know, kind of again later, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like they'll never entirely go away, so even if there was just a fragment of it yeah. left, he could, Sela. like... sela has got it covered. Yep. Yep. Can't wait to see her in Picard Season 3. I, I, I'm really hoping that's what Picard Season 3 is. 
is just Sela's revenge and she kills the whole crew. <laughs> Keeps data, relaunches the data program to keep it for herself. <laughs> She's just got a harem of him. Ooh, ditto. <laughs> oh, you guys will love this note. The comic book resources calls the Prometheus the third most powerful craft in Star Trek. The oh. top two being the Vengeance from Into Darkness? Yeah, that stupid RoboCop ship. RoboCop ship. And the Swarm ships from Beyond. So really, it's that the Kelvin movies really needed to make the most powerful fucking ships in the, in the, in the whole of space. But also, I object. V'ger? Fair. V'ger whale probe. <laughs> yeah, V'ger, whale probe, V'ger. V'ger's more of a an entity. It's more of a creature. Yeah, I, I guess so. You could maybe make the same argument for the whale probe. Okay, but the doomsday yeah, machine. Yeah, but I feel like those are probably also... I'll, I'll share this list on the Facebook. Reminder to Ames, share this list on the Facebook. Uh, so don't cut this. Yeah, don't cut this. Because I've got the list, and I think those are on there. I think they're just lesser. Oh. They're just not in the top three. The doomsday machine can eat a planet. The vengeance has a lot of phasers. <laughs> but it's big. Mm, Jesus <laughs> Christmas. Okay. F f okay. N yeah, I will have to see the list. Check out the list when it's posted. We'll see. We'll see where, where we land on this. Maybe we'll make our own list. I was about to say, I will write a rebuttal yes! <laughs> if they legitimately have the fucking Doomsday Machine ranked lower than a starship. Yeah. What about, well, you definitely what about, should um, do that. <laughs> what about the uh, fuck, uh, the, fucking... The Krenum ship. Yeah, Red, Red Foreman ship. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. The first Federation bubble ship thing could probably fuck you up. Ugh. Okay, anyway, anyway. <laughs> that, there's a lot of powerful ships. So many. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that the... Uh, the dino ship is probably also more powerful. Oh, the Voss. Yeah. yeah that's, the that thing was enormous. Ship. That's that's definitely a ship. So then again, apparently the fucking TOS Enterprise could carry out General Order 24. So yeah, I but, could be. You know, you can may, just... Maybe they are more powerful than they let on since the Federation does not frequently actually exert their full strength. I mean, General Order 24 just sounds like a matter of bombard bombardment of a planet with yeah you vaporize the surface and phasers and things so i'm sure yeah the planet itself would still be yeah. there you've just ruined the ecosystem forever what about uh i mean if they're talking about if they're including kelvin ships then fucking asshole that blew up nero yeah nero his ship has a fucking well gun on it that can actually collapse a planet well, no, no, the, the red matter did the collapsing. He was just yeah. using the drill oh, to make a hole right. to drop it in. Well, there you go. So, well, Spock's little ship, then. That's got the red matter weapon that can destroy a star. Well, then again, that's the red matter weapon itself, not the vehicle. But the sh Well, okay, if you take the weapons off, then none of these ships are powerful. Yeah, I was going to say, what is a ship without its weapons, though? Like, that yeah, seems weird. Yeah, I guess there's a, you have to figure out where you draw the line between a built-in weapon versus something anything could convey, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's not... What this yeah, is yeah. about. One thing but... the Prometheus had that I realized I forgot to include back when we talked about bridge chairs on Starfleet vessels. Yeah, I is noticed a new the chair. chair. And I kind of liked it. I liked it, it looked like a toasted marshmallow. Oh, a little bit. I think it looked like someone did a really bad hack job on an office chair and it looked wicked uncomfortable. I thought, see, I thought it looked kind of soft. Although it didn't have any useful arm panel buttons, it looked That's like. That's true. I do, I do always miss the, the buttons because you want it to be practical because you are the yeah, captain. You need yeah. Oh, did it happen to say where this bridge set was from? Because I was kind of wondering if it was a repurposed Enterprise. I believe e that's right. I think that's 
Okay. If that's not uh, canon, it's what people on the internet have speculated. Because it kind of looks like it. Mm. Like, I kind of wonder if they swapped a few panels around and painted or yeah, white. Yeah, I bet that's what they did. It was, it was fairly Spartan, too, I thought. Like, they, they took... Which... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, just, it, it had a very modernist sort of approach to it. You know, I don't know if it was on purpose, but I definitely thought that as well. So, yeah, it's kind of like uh, the original Bridge of the Excelsior yeah. when it was still in its experimental phase. Hmm. I like the idea that, like, when a ship is still kind of new, they're like, most basic bridge possible. We'll worry about making it comfortable, yeah. like, when we actually start when making it. When it inevitably these, if we blows do. up, we don't want to have to replace all the chairs. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. As maybe that's just part of their design ethos. Very minimal bridge until it goes into production. Mm -hmm. The last thing in my notes is so that we get the very end scene and it's actually really good that we're actually like doing a an episode that is very Voyager because it's all about how to get home, which I think yeah. is one of Voyager's strengths. And yeah. at the end, we've made contact with the Alpha Quadrant. They know we're alive and the doctor tells everybody this news and they just stand there and I'm like fucking whoop, arms up, do a, do a, do a shout. Come on, people. Yeah. No fucking well, response know, from any of them. Starfleet officers, they have to be composed. The real bummer, of course, is like, good news, we're in touch with the Alpha Quadrant. Bad news, they're apparently in the middle of a war, there may not be a Federation when we get home. It's not going <laughs> oh, well. Oh yeah, that's true. Whoopsie. <laughs> like, this this would be a point where things are going very badly for them. <sighs> also, uh, we're wearing new uniforms, and we have to now change our uniforms. Yes, that's what's going to be in the encoded messages in the next episode. What uniforms ah. they have to replicate. Tell us yes. about it, Jake. Yeah, so, uh, all right. So in the following episode in Hunters, so, you know, we're still hanging around with this uh, communications array and start picking up a message. It's like, huh, somebody's calling us through the through the array. It's like, okay, let's check it out. So it turns out that it's just like really garbly message and they're too playing around. And then it turns out that, yeah, this this ancient communications network isn't all that great, as we found out. Can transfer a hologram perfectly twice, but can't get a simple text message through. Thank you, T-Mobile. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they're like, oh, okay, it sounds like Starfleet is sending us something. So let's see. And they start getting little bits and pieces, and they realize, oh, shit, these are like letters from home. People are writing us letters. So, yeah, most of the episode is just, you know, mail call. Neelix basically gets to be the postman. That was cute. Hey, yeah. And he gets to bring everybody their letters from home. And, you know, so we're dealing a lot with what people get in the message. So, so uh, Chakotay and Balana they find out that, oh, the Maquis just got fucking wiped the fuck out by the Dominion. So all our friends are dead. So they're having to deal with that. Tuvok finds out he's a grandpa. Janeway gets dumped. Whoa. How's the dog? Is the dog okay? The dog is okay. The dog, the dog had a litter of kittens. The important thing, uh, the dog. And, and then, you know, we have a couple characters that are a little more nervous about what they're going to find out. Uh, well, well, let's see. Well, Harry just wants to hear anything because he's convinced that nobody loves him. And he's oh. probably right. But no. um, his girlfriend's certainly not going to write to him, but he wants his parents to at least. Yeah, fuck with uh, me. And Tom is just like, I don't want to get a letter because everybody hates me. My dad hates me. My mom hates me. Even my goddamn cat hates me. So really, I'm just happy not to talk to people from uh, from the Alpha Quadrant. So yeah, so everyone's kind of dealing with their messages in, in their own way, which is which is nice. 
but in the meantime, we're also studying this this network, and it turns out that it's you know at least a hundred thousand years old. Or the station, the station thing at the center of it. Well, yeah. I don't. Well, the thing is, they weren't. They were only talking to one of the nodes. Like it's a, It seemed like it was a network of nodes, and they were only talking oh, to yeah. one of them. Okay. The nodes, nodes. Um. So there's nodes that lead all the way from here to the to the alpha quadrant. So they're just looking at one of the nodes in particular, and they're discovering that it's very old and that it's powered by a, an artificial quantum singularity. Always a good idea. You know, mini black hole. <laughs> I guess that's the only way you're going to be able to get power that lasts for as long as they that's need it. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and it turns out that the, the Herogen, who we met last week and shocked one of them, they're still around, and they're still a little pissed that uh, Voyager's using their phone line. They're trying to get online, download some porn, but the but you know Voyager won't hang up. Um, <laughs> so it's a landline, is what you're saying? Exactly, exactly. Um, ah, get off the phone! I want to play Call of Duty. So yeah, so the the Herogen are uh, you know they're hanging out and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. So we we learn a little bit more about them. They're not just assholes that that want to monopolize the phone line they're also some kind of weird hunter species and they have like bones and things like that decorating their ship and they're like ah let's do a hunt so eventually the the as they're downloading messages off the the thing it starts breaking down and seven's like you know i could probably fix this but i gotta get closer to it but it's giving off these waves of of nerd energy that that just will (coughs) fuck with our ship if we get too close so let's take a little ship in uh, so she goes in with Tuvok. They have a little heart to heart. Tuvok says that Vulcans can lie, but they don't. I was so fucking Yay! happy. <laughs> we can totally lie, but I won't. Ever. Good for Tuvok. Um, so we, we find out That's that a lie, isn't um, it? <laughs> they managed to fix up the station. But before they can return to Voyager, they get abducted by the uh, the Herogens. And yeah, and they're going to really fuck them up. They're like, let's yeah. disembowel these people. Ooh, Seven of Nines got some really nice intestines that we can hang on our wall. Tuvok, you know, we'll probably do something with his ears. Those are cool. Several uh, eyelids. Keep them all. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So they're going to like, they get like these really gnarly looking fish gutting uh, knives and stuff. And it looks like it's going to get pretty dark. But then the Voyager's like, oh, shit, our, our friends got captured. Uh, they're not giving them back, so we need to do something. And they're like, we demand you release our people, and then we'll stop using your phone line. And they're like, no, you just get the fuck out of here. We're keeping our trophies. Uh, and Voyager's like, not acceptable. Uh, meanwhile, more Herogen starts showing up. So Voyager's like, you know what? There's a black hole in that thing. Let's turn off the shields so that the, and let the black hole loose. Which they do, and then um, it pulls in all of the Herosian ships. They manage to beam off Seven and Tuvok and not get sucked in themselves, but having destroyed one of the stations with its own black hole has totally destabilized the entire network of uh, you know this ancient network. So they've destroyed that. Whoops! Good job, Janeway. And, no, and so further further communication with Earth is no longer Wait, possible. Wait, did we get all the letters? We, no. we got most of the letters. We got Harry's letter, so he got to hear from his folks. They told him how disappointed he was and that his brother's a doctor. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Tom, uh, th- fortunately for him, didn't. he found out that he had a message from, from his dad, but it didn't make it in the download, or Belana read it saw how fucking shitty Tom's dad is and just deleted it. Ooh, I like that. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's going to be get my the whole message, Tom. Don't worry. Yeah, but... that was going to be my first question: is what do you think was actually in Owen Paris's letter to Tom? You're a huge disappointment. Dear, dear Tom, happy to hear that Voyager survived. Sad to hear you did too. Dear XOXO, Dad. Dear Tom, do you remember the password for the Wi-Fi? Signed, Dad. <laughs> dear Tom, I'm breaking up with you. The dog's fine. It's <laughs> a mean thing to call his mother. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I mean, I would have been... I, I, Good episode, don't get me wrong. But I honestly would have been perfectly happy if it was 100% the crew reacting to Ditto. letters. Yeah, it, it almost felt like the, oh no, we've been kidnapped by hunters who want our various organs. It felt tacked on at the end and like there was no, wasn't a ton of stake. Well, I think it was also just so they could knock out the array. Because yeah. that would have been like, then you'd have to kind of keep it. Well, I mean, not that they would necessarily, but you know what I mean though. Like, that dilutes, I guess, some of the tension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't appreciate a thing until it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it just sort of compounds the heartbreak. Yeah. So what do you think, case. Jake? Is this some sort of pre-Gateway Iconian That's, yeah, array? I'm really or? interested in who built these things. It seems it could be, right? You know, we know that they were a massive uh, empire and, the, and they had... But the thing is, we know that the Iconians had presence in the Alpha and Gamma quadrants, at least. We don't know yeah. if they necessarily... Had stuff in the Delta Quadrant. True. Maybe it was, um, oh gosh, the same race that made that crazy gun the cat monsters wanted in oh, TAS. Oh, the Slaver Empire. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was theirs. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, it's Ooh. pretty cool. Yeah, no, I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, no. You're right, though, yeah, the Herosian probably didn't actually build it. They probably just found yeah. it that's and somehow guess. seized it. Uh, yeah, that's my guess as well. I mean, they don't, they, you know, they see, uh, we've only met a couple of them, but they so far they seem kind of like a monoculture of... Yeah. Hunters, I guess. Yeah, they also seem yeah. to be like a kind of interesting dynamic. And I know we're going to see a little bit more of the Herogen in as we're going through this space in that they seem kind of Kazani in that they don't seem to get along with each other very much. Like Tiny Ron basically says, I want to destroy the Voyager and, and you know, collect these things and, and get their and get the prizes for myself, even though like the backups are on their way. But I don't want to share. Hmm. I, I guess I read that less is sort of the the sectarian aspect of the Kazon and more just arrogance of that particular guy. Like, I'm not saying they don't all have that, but I comes to shove, they will work together much more quickly than Kazon would. Oh, yeah. Like, this was just, yeah. this guy is like, I want the credit. I want the glory. Yeah, it's a per I think I, I agree. It seems to me like it's a personal glory sort of thing. Yeah, like... He I, really loves intestines. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be the one to get these unique creatures that we haven't seen before. So the Herogen actors were just actually hugely tall then. Yeah. Okay, I had thought maybe it was camera tricks, so. Well, they specifically went and got Tiny Ron because yeah, yeah. they knew. They knew they wanted, like, the interesting th thing about this race. Because, like you said, with their masks and their makeup and their costuming, you can't see a lot of their body or their mm. face. But you can tell that they're fucking huge. I, I like, yeah. shit, was it, yeah, no, it was seven. She, she's, she's always available with a good burn. Like, pfft, all that makes you formidable is that you're super tall. You suck otherwise. <laughs> yeah. It's like Wouldn't she, bother assimilating you. Yeah. She must have been so fucking uncomfortable in the bindings and shit. 
Because her costume is already skin oh, yeah. tight and yeah. so the, rigid. The All I could, that yeah, that's in. what I said too. I was like, oh, a little BDSM time. Yeah. But like, yeah. it had to hurt for her to have her like arms back like that the yeah. whole time I just felt bad for her yeah while she's already in the corset and all the other guys uncomfortable yeah the fucking gear. boning yeah yeah like that's already probably not great and then to put it on top of her already ridiculous outfit the Herogen also did an interesting thing that they didn't really, like, you could see, but they didn't bother explaining. They just did a visual of, oh, we're going to meet new people. Let's put on our makeup. And yeah. Adrian puts on this, like, little white stripe on his forehead thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wonder what wonder what that uh, symbolizes for them. Yeah, because he's got a couple different pots. And we know that later he puts the, like, black or possibly black or navy blue. blue one, whatever it was, marks on. So, like, that's for someone you're about to gut. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm a hunter, you're a prey. Yeah. I liked it because uh, I was like, as he's painting, I'm like, oh, what do you think about going with a stronger brow? Oh, now your sides match because he gave her like a big <laughs> blue mark over her like non-Borg eye. I was mm. like, oh, that looks good. It really brings out your eyes. Yeah, I imagine, well, I'd like to think somewhere, even if we never see it or have it explicitly explained, someone wrote down what the various pots meant and what the colors were for. And Green, yeah. green is go. Because there were at least, I think, five, maybe. There was, like, yellow and red and white and black and something else. Yeah, and I like those kind of details that they just kind of let stand on their own without yeah. having to explain in copious detail what it means. Yeah, like, I don't... I mean, you you understand that putting on, like, the war paint, though. Like, yeah. like that's that's pretty... Yeah, a, yeah, that's a well-understood trope. It's nice that they didn't, like, belabor it, is what I think... You know. Do yeah. they have uh, do they have paint that they put on like before like phone calls with like their insurance company <clears throat> or like when they need to talk to customer service about their phone? Like, are there different like we're not quite hunter and prey, but I want you to know, I mean, business. If you're trying to start with good cop and you switch <laughs> to bad cop, do you like. Like, this is my, my light pink means that I am just, and then you just, like, smear red on top of it when you mean business. I'm just really curious, like, how much are we expressing through these paints? Hmm, good question. Jake, I don't think you really think that's a good question. <laughs> wow. Well, that's okay. okay, because it wasn't a real question, Jake, okay? Damn it! Okay, is, uh, it, is it a better question of... How did he survive getting his throat slashed by Tuvok? Maybe they don't have their arteries in the same. Yeah, not all, not all, uh, not all species keep their genitals in the same. Yeah, should have gone for the knees. They they have uh, backup arteries like Klingons. Yeah, -hmm. Yeah, I mean, humans are pretty fucking vulnerable. Yeah, we leave so many important veins right near the surface. Well, not even that. We're all squishy. We don't have any, like, external anything. And apparently you can just suck our skeletons out like it's nothing, so... (laughs) That's all we really got. You take that away, we're really fucked. Boned, you might say, or deboned. We found uh, Ah. found that other alien that got got all of his bones... Yeah, uh, like a deflated balloon. (laughs) And something bad happened. Wait, no. <laughs> it did. Something bad definitely happened to that guy. Yeah. It looked awful. I was like, what did they just like slap actually, some paper mache over some plastic shopping bags? What the fuck happened here? From the very brief look you got at its head, it almost looked like um, the scene in Beetlejuice when yes, Alec Baldwin stretches oh, out yeah. his face. It looks yeah. like if he took did. the skeleton oh, out of man. that. Oh man, for Halloween, can we like tend forward Beetlejuice? Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. It's a good movie. It's a I don't fucking, know what Star I, Trek connection it has. I don't None think whatsoever. it has any connection. 
it's fantasy and fantasy and science fiction are weird uh, cousins. Winona Ryder is oh, yeah. in the 2009 Star Trek. There we go. Oh, that's right. She was so uh, she was Amanda. okay. The fact that actors are are shared among things is not a good reason. Okay, but what about the fact that it also features the guy who is the you're doing assistant. it again. You're doing it again. I just wanted to. Okay, but bring what it. about the fact that Michael Keaton is in it and he plays Batman? And we know how much this podcast <laughs> loves Batman. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Always comes back to this. So, letters. The, the letters. real heart of the episode. Yeah, it struck me a little like uh, the episode Family in TNG, where it's just kind of a, let's watch how people deal with, like, trauma and news and yeah. and kind of just rebounding from, like, difficult situations with a an episode that doesn't have, like, all the letter I- information that we get, like, it isn't stuff that's going to, like, propel the plot forward, but it's stuff that's going to affect the characters. Yeah, yeah, and that's, like... I appreciate that. Yeah, there was actually a fair bit of, like, bad <laughs> news for people. Hi, Chakotay. All your friends? Dead. Hey, Janeway, your apparently fiancé? That had yeah. never come up before, right? That they were I engaged? I thought he was well, engaged to the dog. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, your fiancé assumed you were dead, married someone else. But I waited longer than almost anybody else. But he, yeah. he held out for as long as he fucking could. He's not a bad man. No, I, I'm not saying he was. I mean, yeah, he waited. For... It just sucks for Jane. Yeah. Man. Well, but I was annoyed at her, though, because she's like, and I got a dear John letter. It's like, no, that's not he it. didn't tell you I'm fucking leaving you for the au pair. He fucking said, hey, thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. So, like, I had to move on. It wasn't like I am no longer interested in your company. And so I'm going elsewhere. It's like your company was no longer available. So I had to make do. Like, I mean, not make do. That's probably not fair to his wife. I'm sure she's lovely, but she likes cats, not dogs. But I don't know. I just thought she was being and I don't blame her for being upset and self-serving. But it's like the only part of the scene that didn't work was calling it a Dear John letter, just because that's not what a Dear John letter is. It annoyed me. That's all. Everything else about it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can imagine holding out that hope like. Yeah. If I get home, I'll see Mark again. Like it's a dri- it's a driving force for a character. Like if I get home, Mark and I will have more puppies. Yeah. So many puppies. Um. Yeah. And now, nope. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now I mean, she's got permission to fuck Chicote, which was the implication. Oh, he was so excited about that too. Chris. <laughs> Chris turned. He's to already me. working on a new tub. That's what Chris said. Yep. Chris. Chris turned to me and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, but would you like to me too?" And then we both said. Build you a tub. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. I like Chicote. He's great. I don't like the idea of them fucking. I don't know why. No, I've never gotten a they should fuck vibe. I think they're good buddies. I think they get on. I do not think they should fuck. Yeah, there's tons of people who shipped them hard too. And I don't I, get yeah, why. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't get that from any of their interactions. I also think it 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 cheapens both characters. Yeah. If they do. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I have no problem with Janeway having, a, you know, a romantic. Oh yeah, not at all. Partner at some point, but I, I, a, I don't necessarily think it should be a member of her crew. I think that's well. So there's only Felix. so many. There's only so many options right now. Yeah, but I do, you know, like because she's had a few flings with like that fucking weird dude with the trans fancy. Yeah, but then you move on. Uh, like, yeah. she, how is she going to have like a a longer lasting relationship? With with anybody, if they're always on the move, Neelix. Exactly done. You figured it out. 
Speaking uh, of Neelix, yeah. uh, I did kind of like that, you know, Neelix got to be the mailman because, yeah. you know, he's not going to get a letter himself. So it's a way to get him involved and, yeah. like, you know, keep up the morale. I thought that was a good a good task for him to do. Yep. Uh, his scene, I thought his scene with Tuvok was very sweet. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yep. Like, Tuvok, uh, read the letter. There's something important in it. Yeah. How do you know? <laughs> and then Tuvok lets him read it a lot of it out loud to him. And then Tuvok is like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to read the damn letter. thought that was nice. Also, it's one of the few times you can kind of justify, like, giving everyone little pads instead of just saying we sent it to your computer in your quarters or something. Because it, it gives it that extra personal touch, you know, mm. like it's mm. we're doing this for a reason that makes sense, not just we act like pads have two kilobytes of memory. <laughs> so the uh, so everything that Starfleet knows about Voyager, they had to have found out from the doctor. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. He's the only person that's talked to them. So did he, he must have given them the crew the manifest, list, the crew manifest, because otherwise there would have been a lot of letters. to mm. dead people. Oh, all these in. letters first to Suter from me. <laughs> um, right. Cause like a huge number of the crew died immediately yeah. when the caretaker brought them over. So man, imagine being those people it's like, Oh, Front page news, the Voyager's been found and and they're fine and they're on their way home, except for, you know, these 40 or 50 yeah. people. Do they bother telling the Cardassians about Seska? Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> well, no, definitely not, because they're at war with the Cardassians. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That, uh, that, though, that must have been awkward. Hey, yeah, so, uh, you know, the crew, the Maquis and the Starfleet people integrated. Turns out the Maquis had a Long cover Cardassian spy, so maybe look for those. Mm. <laughs> we know Cardassians love their plastic surgery. And long, long, long term plans. That usually bear fruit, unlike a yeah. Romulan plan. Yeah. They can pass for uh they can pass for Bajorans since they are biologically the same species, <laughs> tinfoil hat. Yeah. I, I've heard that from other places, so it's not as foily as you would think. I mean, wait a minute. How many people subscribe? to QAnon. It's still tinfoil hatty. Just mm. saying the number of people who believe it doesn't make it not tinfoil hatty. I, I, I would say that it is less crazy to have fan theories about Star Trek than to believe anything from QAnon. Oh, I no, I agree. I, I'm just saying that... posting about Cardassians and Bajorans being the same species on 4chan, if I could get that added to, like, the canon of QAnon beliefs. <laughs> Woof. Probably. Oh, we also get a little bit of uh, scene stuff from the EMH because he's already like, as he goes back, he says, oh, yeah, when I get back, I'm going to be like yeah. a hero when they're going to study me and this and this. And who is he talking to? Is it Seven? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven's like, yeah, how do you know they're not just going to deactivate you because now they have better EMHs? <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, they, no, impossible. <laughs> they are immediately mailing his program to um, Measure yeah. of a Man Guy. Oh, that guy. Maddox, oh, yeah. oh, God. To Maddox so he can study like how he became more human. Yeah. Like he went from a basic AI to a crazy advanced AI. He belongs in a museum. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. My feeling, and I may have said this before this theory that I think the doctor is based on Moriarty, like the technology that, that spawned Moriarty. I, Mm. I feel like Zimmerman reverse engineered that to build the, uh, the, the doctor program. Yeah. They're too, they're too similar. Yeah. Same with Vic. Mm. 
Oh, another thing I noticed in this episode is that it is actually Starfleet protocol to not send out away teams of one. Which makes sense. Well, it's not which really I, a team, is it, then? Right, to which I wrote in my notes, someone tell Melora, because she was being all bitchy about how they wouldn't trust her with a shuttlecraft. I'm pretty sure we said that at the time, too. It's like, lady, don't take it personal. I just wouldn't... It's not a good idea. Yeah, just Melora always just send a couple a people. big, huge chip on her shoulder. Yeah. So there have been a number of other times when we've seen single person away missions. But it's usually, you know, it's like Spock agreeing to go alone in a shuttle to do something stupid because he's probably going to (laughs) die. Or that time Mm. O'Brien went deep cover to infiltrate the Orions or whatever. Yeah, and that was Starfleet. The Orions. Whoever it was. I like that. (laughs) But that's the thing. That was Starfleet intelligence. And if Star Trek has proven anything, they are the worst intelligence agency in space. True. <laughs> they are uh, fucking incompetent. Hello, fellow aliens. Yeah, really, seriously. They are so bad at what they do. There was also the time that uh, Bellana went to the Dreadnought on her own. That's true, but I also think... That was because she knew the ship really yeah, yeah, well. I think it's yeah, the, yeah, she's the only one it would have accepted, I imagine. I think it was something like that. I mean, yeah, there, mm. there have been other cases in the past, but in reality, yeah, they probably shouldn't do it ever if it can be avoided. Yeah, and plus it's a great excuse to get get some more seven Tuvok scenes, which are some of my favorite scenes, because mm. I think the two of them work really well together. Yeah, they're fun together. It, it's it's easier for her to relate to him because yeah. she doesn't have to engage in niceties. Yeah, he's not like you're rude. He's more like I totally like your bedside manner. Yeah, they're two <laughs> beings who don't get offended by things because yeah. they'll they'll just you know look at it logically or or gilly. Yeah, I like that Bellana flat out called Harry Kim out for like trailing after her like a puppy this episode. Yeah, oh, I want that to end. I want that I, whole Harry looking at, at Seven with big heart eyes to fucking be done. I feel oh, like Sam, it already I hate it. Basically had though. Like I think they did a few episodes, and I feel like it's kind of the first time it's really come up in a bit. And... Yeah, he hasn't really thought about her since he had that weird wet dream. Oh, I that whole about that. episode. <laughs> 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 Why did they wake long, him? Wet dream. <laughs> but yes, I know we mentioned it already, but I just got to bring it up again. He fucking admitted it, the bastard. The fuckers can lie and do. Ah, vindicated. Yeah. Thank you, Tuvok. This is why Tuvok is best Vulcan. <laughs> you know, as he knew he could tell her because she'll she'll keep it to herself. Yeah. She won't. She won't ruin the uh, mystique. Yeah, I have to admit, I am grudgingly coming to like Seven. And not just because she's a hottie. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Ryan's also excellent. So they give fir- her some. They give her some great stuff in the future episodes as well. Yeah, I was gonna say at first I wasn't really sure that I thought she was excellent, but she's growing on me. So yeah, this would be weird for you coming to her. Yeah, I've already seen her as Picard in Picard. Yeah, <laughs> where she's sort of yeah. Yeah, you know, whereas for us it was the other way around. Well, because yeah, really, I already know her as bisexual superhero uh, Seven of Nine. Yeah. What else? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think anything else. It's a good episode, though. Yeah, it was. It was actually two good episodes, I thought. Yeah, no, it was a good yeah. week. It was a good week. Yeah, really yeah, good I, week. You know, oh. I think uh, the Herogen, we're going to see more of them. So Yeah. Oh, well, thank God. There's there's one in particular that I... I only specifically remember one other episode with them, and it is a weird trip from what I remember. We. Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yes. It's a two-parter, right? It, there's a two-parter. 
Spock would love it. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay, don't no spoilers. We're gonna, yes, yes, yes. Okay, sorry, so we got some we got while. space Nazis coming. Yeah, sort of. I'm not I'm not gonna spoil. Anyway, um, what we did see was a whole bunch of new ships. True. Uh, I know we talked about the Dreadnought before. Make sure you go and check it out on our Tumblr uh, or you know, go back a couple episodes and Mad. listen to what we said about it. But we're also looking at all these new alien ships and they're very fun. Ooh, aliens. So last week we ship. talked, I know we saw Romulans uh, this week, but we talked Romulans last week because I timed this poorly. Dang it. And we this talked week Klingon it's Andorians. Ships. No, there's not. Tellerites? We, we talk for like a sentence. This, I think we see one maybe in Enterprise. So what we're going to do is we're going to move backwards in time now that we covered all the the, the two main alien races who we see a lot of ships from. Or are we going to swing talk- shot around the sun to do it? We're gonna. Uh, we're going to go back to TOS land, woo! back in time to the 1960s when there really weren't that many alien ships. Yeah, I, I feel like until they did the remasters and made some models, most of the ships were always just so far away. They were just a light on the screen that you didn't get a great look at. Yeah, and, and even then, like, I feel like whenever we met other aliens... We didn't see their ships. Yeah, no. Almost ever, because... Oh, God, except the Spock's brain people had a terrible 50s rocket ship. Oh, I don't have that one. What I do have is a couple of TOS ships that we're going to look at. The first being the Fisarius, <laughs> uh, which like I always enjoy. It's a big disco ball, golf ball, golden, like, bedazzled ball, like, ball of stuff. Yeah. I love it very pretty yeah i love it too i love how shiny and huge and just it's it's such an extra ship yeah fitting for balak yep yep you like this one jake yeah yeah it's cool would you care for some tranya yeah always want more tranya yeah but i feel like it's also very you know it's the kind of thing that they could have easily built in the 60s because it's just a big ball yeah but it's good too it it makes them seem more alien than some of the other aliens because it's not like a ship. It's a big exactly. fuck off sphere. We would like, never yeah. conceive of building a ship like that. Yeah, you wonder how how the hell does this thing go and work? Yeah. You don't need to know because Baylock's on it. Well, it's like the Planet Express ship. It actually moves the universe around it. Mm. That would almost make the most sense, really. Yeah, so that's the Fasarius. And again, if you want to be following along with these with these images, they're all up on the Tumblr as well at sshbpodcast.com. <laughs> Next, we're going to take a quick mm. look at the Gorn ship. I forget if it's only really extra visible in the remaster and how much of this we actually did get to see in the original uh, original series. But we do definitely get to see the Gorn ship. And Seems, it's funky uh, looking. I like it. it. I like it, but there's definitely like shades of the TOS Romulan Warbird here. Yeah, it's got that same kind of wing wing look. Yeah, and the like smooth gray... Um, but it's good. It's also uh, possibly quad nacelle. Yeah, like there's definitely the two nacelles on top are warp nacelles because it says so on the on the label. Yeah. The bottom it says that there's definitely ram scoops, but again, it's 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 funny looking because it's got like four nacelles, but they each comes off of the side. And then there's like a big fifth thing, uh, possibly just a thruster on the middle bottom. Yeah. It's a funky thing. Yeah, that's the impulse engine. The the kind of ass of it it's been a while since i looked at it but i feel like it almost kind of looks like the uh hero ship from the star trek episode of black mirror oh the callisto yeah there we go thank you could not remember what it was called i'd have to look at it i don't remember it now yeah i i I could be wrong but i feel like it looks vaguely like that 
Yeah, I like that the ram scoops are kind of a nice fuchsia. It's very pretty. It's got some fuchsia yeah. on the side of it as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. It looks very weaponized, too. Like, you can definitely tell, like, this is a thing that's made to fuck you up and not just to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Gorns. Gorns. All right. We, and, and, and that's all I really collected from TOS, because there really yeah, aren't there that wasn't many ships much. that you see. Nah, I the... like how the front... Oh, yeah, okay, I was gonna say, I like how the front of this ship looks like baleen. Yeah, so now we're looking at the Ferengi class that we, uh, the Ferengi Decora class that we saw in TNG. And we saw a bunch of these things, and on honestly, I can't tell which side is the front and which side is the back. The front is the front. Damn it. The baleen? Yeah, the baleen. Uh, Wait. That's how it sucks up uh, plankton, space oh, no, no, plankton. No, 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 the other Yeah, the other way. Are, yeah, oh, I, th really? I think the pointy bits are facing forward. Yeah. Okay, oh. so the big... I thought you meant the baleen was the uh, oh. ribbing on the front there. Yeah, I always thought, and the, basically I always thought the big, the big rounded section was the front because it looks like a horseshoe crab, and that's the front of the horseshoe crab. Yeah. No, I, th I think, I think. Is it the other way? way? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think those are like the engines on the back. Are there are a couple of those shots, the one from Prodigy? I don't know. I just found these on Ex, Ex Astra Scientia. Mm. That ship is also... Fucking huge. Yeah, I yeah, it is. It, but looking at the windows on it, it is fucking enormous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a big boy. But it also seems to be pretty much their only major class. Yeah. Yeah, you see, see a bunch shuttles. Yeah, you see a bunch of their shuttles, and I know Quark's ship is very small. Yeah. But like every time we see a capital ship, it's one of these. Yep. And I think it's a, it's good for the Ferengi because it's it's almost rounded like their ears. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks, because I know like, their emblem is kind of like just round, very roundy ear shape kind of things. Yep. So it makes sense. And it's certainly unique. Yeah, it's an, well, it is another head and neck design. True. Which we do see quite a bit of. True. But as far as the uh, horseshoe crab aspect. Mm. It's, also, it's also got that same coloring as like the Vulcan ships. Which yeah, I'd like the it. coloring. The kind of orangey, orangey reddish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked it. I like that they're vi they're also very visually distinct from yeah. pretty much anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I feel kind of weird that they have such warm colors when they come from such a wet, gross planet. It might just mm. be the metal they have access to. Yeah, I know that. I'm just saying, if they were like a murky, swampy green, I feel like I would feel better about that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the th thing about this ship is, I think it 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 really looks like it was designed, and it was before. It was established what the Ferengi oh, yeah. really yeah. were. True. Like this, this looks way more threatening. Like I would expect a Ferengi ship to be plated in gold and have <laughs> and have like the Nagus's head as a hood ornament. You know? Yes, I well, want to see that ship. But gold is so useless. If we go, if we go with that fan theory you discussed way back then, that so much of what was understood about the Ferengi was false information, purposely spread by the Nagus, mm. then they would make big hulking ships to match. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the ship is just mostly hollow and like there's only like a small area <laughs> in it where where they actually are and the rest is just like Oh, it is. You know, cardboard. It is mostly cargo bay for buying and selling shit, yeah. Mm. Or stealing. <laughs> yeah, have we that ever too. seen one of these things attack? Like what do they do? Cuz I assume these are little guns on the end of their their semicircular area. I assume the, that a little flag that says bang pops out <laughs> and they fly in the other direction as well, quickly as possible. At the very least Picard got into a fight with one back in his stargazer days. Mm. Yeah. Did he lose? He N did. 
That's well, pretty, it was a Pyrrhic victory. Pretty upsetting. Because <laughs> he did, uh, he did kill Diamond Box Kid. That's true, mm-hmm. but he also lost his ship. He did. He did. Cool. Well, that's really fun for the Ferengi. I love seeing their ships. Yep. Uh, we're also going to take a look because I know Jake wanted to look at the at these kinds of ships specifically. The Packled's ship, the Mondor class. And it's just a big wedge of a thing. And it's very, like, just this easy model that they created. And they're going to reuse this model all over TNG. Uh, I was about to say, I feel like we see this ship as many. Isn't this even Okona's ship, like, maybe slightly modified? Oh, I have I have a list here. Because oh. we see it. <laughs> We see it as eight different ships. There's a list on Ex Astra Scientia of where you see this goddamn thing. And it's God like damn. eight different times you see this ship because it's the same. Because it was, you know, they had the model and it was innocuous enough that they could use it in the Vengeance Factor and the Wounded and the Host and just all over the place as different things. That's funny. But it was not Okona's ship, apparently, so. Nope. Interesting. Yeah, I, also, I, I do feel like it... It could make sense because because you you got to imagine that sure the major powers the 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 Klingons and the Federation and the Romulans yeah they're gonna have their own giant shipyards and can you know put out all kinds of ships but but you got to imagine that there's probably also just commercial entities that build ships and sell yeah them. oh that's GM. a good idea Chevrolet ships well and also yeah. I mean we know the Packlet's whole thing is bamboozling people into like thinking they're not as clever as they are in stealing stuff. This they could have totally jacked off of somebody. That's true. <laughs> jacked off. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Didn't think that through. Jacked jack somebody off for this. <laughs> but wow. yeah, I don't know. I, I like the idea that yeah, outside of the major powers that that can afford to have their own shipyards, that maybe there are just you know off the shelf ships you can buy. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there are Ferengis who own pre-owned starship uh, lots? Oh, there definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've got like hundreds of these things on the lot. That was Sla- a noise. Slap it. This thing's got millions of miles left on it. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> fender falls off. Uh this this was this was owned by a Bajoran who only flew it to DS9 on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to visit the prophets, right? Yep. Yep. That was a pretty good quirk impression. Thank you. Yeah, and it's also a nice utilitarian little ship. Like it's just yeah. a wedge. It's very easy. It's it good looks for like keeping doors open. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's just meant to like go to a place and come back. Like I can't even yeah. tell if it has weapons. It reminds me, it's like the shape is like a destroyer, star destroyer, or whatever. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah. But I mean, in that, it is a triangle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nothing else really. <laughs> just the shape. <laughs> That's where I operate, though. Is just on basic two D shapes. Yeah. And shapes, it's got the, the Dustbuster nose, kind of, like the Defiant has. Oh, yeah, that's yep. nice. Yep. It kind of gives it, like, a I want to pet it look. Aww. You know, you want to give it a little scritch under the chin, like, oh, who's a good ship? Yeah. Who's a good little shippy ship? All right, moving and on. And it's got a little... Oh, sorry. I can go back. Well, I was just going to say, on the right side there, I don't know what that actually is, but it looks like a little turn crank to, like, make it go. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, no, the other one to the um, the, the far one. right, far right top picture. Uh, not that, a little bit down. The one that looks like a can, the can thing. Right yeah, there. Yeah, point to it on the screen, like she can see it. I, I know she can, but I'm. Uh, yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, that. I feel like if you turn that, it'll it'll fly. Oh, okay, it'll it'll fly and it'll say, "My name's Woody. There's a snake in my boot." <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. Or it could be a pull cord as well. You're mm-hmm. right. I didn't even think of that. 
Yeah, I like we this like, kind of. It I looks like almost, to acquire things. It almost looks like there's a little satellite dish on it too. It's the deflector array. That's how they're getting yeah. Skinamax. Or that. Mm-hmm. It just Scrambled feels like porn. <laughs> like some designer just had fun sticking stuff to this thing. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Now the other ship that we see redressed over and over and over again is the Husnock ship. <laughs> So it's very flat. It looks very like a like a like a typical freighter. Yeah. Uh, in that it's just a kind of long rectangle ship. But again, with this one, we see it even more. Oh, the, shit. it starts off as the Husnock ship and then we see it. Holy fuck. <laughs> over 20 more times. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes in in the in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, yeah. it's everywhere. Fuck. So so your your strategy of, you know, maybe it's a ship that's just mass produced and sold doesn't really work for this one. Unless unless, you know, some of them are in the Delta Quadrant. Maybe it's just a really successful business. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I can't justify the Delta Quadrant ones. Uh, the reason they're so prevalent in the Alpha Quadrant is, you know, Kevin wiped out the entire species. So there's just all these empty ships floating around that people <laughs> commandeer. There you go. Well, here's the thing, though. This design had to have been around it since at least Enterprise, right? Because we see ah, it true. Enterprise. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in TOS. Know, maybe, maybe the Hoosnock uh, did extend all the way into the Delta. Maybe the Hoosnock were the ones that built <gasps> those uh, relay stations. My God. Oh, my God. Kevin wiped them out with a thought, the bastard. And that's why no one was using the array. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting tinfoil hat, Jake. Mm. I like it. Yeah, the ship otherwise, very standard looking. Yeah, like, it feels like it could be slotted into a lot of other franchises. Yeah, and I bet without... you, like, fans wouldn't notice that it was the same because it's not very visually interesting. So you can yeah. see it, like, between, like, oh, you know, a couple episodes later, you see it again as another thing. You're not really going to register because it's not very interesting. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Uh, I do like we get to see in uh, Deep Space Nine a Miradorn Raider ship that the in- the internet tells me uh, Baran from Gambit used as his ship. And it's very neat looking. It's got like all these like angular bits. It looks kind of like a little alien or like a little uh, space invader type of ship. Mm. I think it looks Who like is- a little frog. Wait, Baran, is that that terrible luck machine episode? No. no, that's the one that um, he like fake Dave Bowie sort of character. Picard and Riker like are looking for a Vulcan device. Oh yes, 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 that episode. And they install these things in their neck, but their leader, yeah. actress Baran, has one in his neck too because he's a fool. Yeah, that moron. Yeah, that guy. Okay. And Robin Curtis was there. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was a Romulan this time, wasn't she? Yeah, she was much better as a Romulan than as a Vulcan. But the ship, I think, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. It's very different. It's got kind of like like a mandible thing. It's very beetly, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Take a look at it on the internet. It's neat looking. Looks, it, it looks like a ship that wants you to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you actually are is up to you, but it's certainly, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is about like, look at us, we're pointy and scary. Yeah. Meh. I could With get tangled face. in your hair because I'm a beetle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, now we're going to jump to some more familiar looking ships. We're going to start with the Borg Cube, which, what can I say, is a it's big a cube. cube. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big cube, but I do appreciate all the texture stuff they put on it. Oh, yeah, that, that's got to be, like, so many. They they clearly just raided a, like, model shop, bought a bunch of kits, and slapped random shit onto a cube. It's cool. It's a it really is. cool texture. 
But that means if you wanted to, like, make your own, you really can't fuck it up. Like, all you yeah. gotta do is... Well, you gotta imagine no two board cubes probably have the exact same outer surface. Oh, mm-hmm. most certainly not. So. I imagine they're just kind of probably appended to, as they, uh, as they like... Uh, assimilate. assimilate. Assimilate ships. They probably just take them apart and stick bits of them to the to the cube. Yeah, there's a much smaller board cube in there that they started with. It's like space <laughs> Katamari. I was gonna say, it's like space uh, rubber band ball. Yeah, that's it. They just keep building on it and building on it. Biggest Borg cube in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, weird Al song. It's a weird Al song. Uh, It's not about Borg cubes. Some of these Borg cubes even have the little circular port where the little Borg sphere pops out. Yep. So let's take a look. Uh, The Borg sphere isn't next. First, we're going to look at the Borg renegade ship. Which uh, Lore and Hugh? Who's who? The hell was yeah. on this thing? Hugh. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh, was Hugh. There. Hugh was on this ship in uh, Descent. And they totally stole that from somebody, yeah, though, right? This looks to me like some like they just assimilated somebody else's ship because it doesn't look like any other Borg tech we've seen. Yeah, it just looks like a ship that they stuck stuck Borg stuff onto. It, yeah. it looks like no other species ship we've really seen either. It's yeah. a very... Does that make any sense? There's no symmetry? Yeah, I... I like I like the lack of symmetry in a ship. You know what it is? This was actually like a cruise ship they stole. Probably. <laughs> That's why it's so kind of weird. It's like down in that lower area is like all the athletics area, the gym and the yep. pools and all the other stuff. The middle's like the rooms off to the other side are like yep, the, the uh, entertainment areas. Yep. It's look how big it is compared to the Enterprise. It, Holy it shit! Could have been like a space station. Yeah, not mm. at all. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's fucking enormous. Whatever it is, it, 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 you know, this was a Hoosnock ship too. Yeah. There you go. They found yeah. it empty. I imagine because it's like it's got kind of this central area that makes yep. sense, and then it's got these two not symmetrical arms sticking out, so it just looks like it's a boxer saying, "Put up your dukes, put up your dukes," <laughs> and it's gonna punch you. It's almost, um, in a way, like how the uh, Battlestar Galactica there has the, like, hangar and launch area kind of hanging off the side. Hmm. And then I don't think some... I ever took a good look at the Galactica. It's a pretty ship. Hmm. Unlike yeah. the Borg Renegade ship, which just looks like a big, pile, a big pile of trash floating around in space. I like it, but it's definitely like, you look at it and you go, I want to know what the deal with its creators were, because this is nuts. I almost feel like it may have just been... A single ship, and every time they needed something, they just attached it wherever there was room. Mm. Hi. All right, now let's take a look at the Borg sphere, which is like the Borg <laughs> cube, but smaller and a sphere. And, and it has a beehole. Yeah, little puckered And if you the like bottom. the Borg cube and the Borg sphere, you're going to go fucking nuts for the Borg pyramid and the Borg cylinder. Yep. See, so it's funny you say that. Mm. The... Early design, early, some of the early uh, design work they were doing for First Contact, uh-huh. since it was going to be the Queen's ship, they were considering, instead of it having be a cube, a bee? it was going to be an obelisk. What is oh, an obelisk? Oh, weird. Yeah, uh, like, a, like the Washington Monument. Big phallic thing. A big dildo in space? Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. old space dildo? But it would have had like a, bot- uh, like not a flat bottom, it also would have had a tapered bottom as well. But yeah, they were considering having a, a Borg. A double-ended space dildo. A Borg, uh, a Borg obelisk. But then they said, fuck it, traditional cube. Well, maybe the sphere is like the core of the cube. That's kind of what I would imagine. Oh, that's interesting. Like, if you spit like, it out, you're saving the core. Well, especially if the cube is kind of 
built as they go. Maybe this is what it starts with, and this is where like the warp drive and stuff are. Mm-hmm. That would make sense because when they show Picard's like little dream in the start of the film, the the interior has that big sort of like uh oh god Curve? like Taurus in the middle. Mm, so you yeah. could see that being the middle of this thing that yeah, then the cube is kind of built onto. It would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just always like seeing can... warp stuff. Yeah, and they can use this to open up their, you know, subspace who's a what's to do time travel with, so. Yeah. Sure Here's can. The, all the tech is here. All right, speaking of first contact, we see a Vulcan ship in first contact. The internet tells me it's called the Taplana Hoth, which is the big fucking, like, almost like a, like a triangle kind of thing, like a, like, like a Mitsubishi sign. Uh, that just comes down onto the planet and says, hey guys, we're here now. We recognize that you're people. It looks yes. very grumpy. <laughs> I like, and I wonder if this was part of the intention, is that, you know, a lot of the crappy, you know, UFO video that you see often has triangle-shaped ships in it, mm. triangle formations of lights, and they say, oh, it's the aliens. So I wonder if they intentionally made this one triangular in shape so that be like, oh, the all of the, the aliens that have been visiting us must have been Vulcans all along. Yeah, it's possible. They've been keeping an eye on us. Well, not all of them, because we know that, of course, uh, Roswell was the Ferengi. <laughs> That's true. But the rest were the Vulcans. Yeah, but it's a ship. It's pretty small. Yeah, it's got a good like red color, which I always appreciate. Yeah. It looks like a mech robot doing a split. I also wonder if this may have just been like a landing craft. Oh, you think there's to... a bigger one in space? Yeah, well, because there's no like visible nacelles or anything that look like warp engines. Hmm. Well, yeah, what did what did the what did Vulcan ships look like at the time? We'll see. We'll, we'll see know. in the future when we talk about Enterprise ships. Yeah, I mean, they know they they like their rings. They, they do like their big warp ring instead of nacelles, but this doesn't have either of those designs. No. Yeah, so maybe it is a lander. I like the, I like that, that idea. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, it's got the little legs that come stick out in the, on the ground for you to land down. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, I know we're going to jump to the movies now, the TNG movies. Let's take a look at the Sonar ship. Which, the Sonar bitch ship. Yeah, <laughs> it's very jetpack looking. It kind of looks like like a, like wings that you'd put on if you were like dressing up like an angel or something. It looks like oh. a Triton, kind of. I'm going to say, I'm getting kind of loop vibes off of it. Kind of what? Oh, yeah, yeah, like a lyre or a lute. Oh. Yeah. Lyre, yeah. Like if you put strings between these, like, sticky-outy bits. Yeah, I meant lyre, though, you're right, not lute. That's okay. I want to know where the fucking Sona get all their money from. Are they, like, arms dealers? Like- Lululemon. <laughs> yeah. I would assume they marketing. just... Yep, they just, all the MLMs. You know, all the... Well, again, we know they've, like, conquered a couple of species and enslaved them. They That's probably just true. steal and sell all of their uh, materials and minerals. They probably have a very close working relationship with the Ferengi. So the old-fashioned nice. way is what we're saying. Mm. Yeah. And yet, let's ally with them. Fools. Just yeah, fucking well, fools. That's because the Admiralty is 99% evil. Well, just Admiral Daughtry. Almost all the Admirals we meet turn out to be pieces of shit, though. True. So on this thing, do you guys remember where the front and where the back is? I assume the pointy bits must be the front, because yeah. that picture of the back there, those look like thrusters. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the bridge is the little clitoris there that you can see. Ooh. 
<laughs> oh my shit. god, now I can't see anything else. Somebody Son alert the media, man finds clitoris. <laughs> 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 oh good i broke him jesus oh that was good you know just end the episode there we're not no, talking that there's more shit everyone damn it all right let's look at another nice ship. nice try though let's find the clitoris on this ship we're gonna look at the stone on battle <laughs> no it's ship. right there it's right here i see it it's right in the middle mm. jake you can find it uh, 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 yeah Yikes. Oh, damn it, Jake. Yikes. You yeah. failed the Empire. Yeah, so in this this picture on the on the left here, you can see the, the battleships, you can see some of the big cruisers in the in the distance doing their thing. And the battleships are the, they're like little skinny like mosquitoes almost that come and pester you. Yeah, but what I like is, you know, there's you can tell they're sort of designed by the same people that designed the bigger ships. Yeah, they got they're... the pointy pointy fronts. Yeah, but they are, like, scaled back. They're just there to bristle with weapons and fuck you up. They probably don't have the lovely, uh, command chaise longes that the big ones have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that chair. I love that thing. You did. It certainly is a surface to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> a surface to sit on. A Star Trek sit post. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. All right, we're, we're, we're melting, and so let's finish this up. Oh, the it's Sona. the Dilophosaurus, wherever the fuck. Yeah, mm. the collector ship in Insurrection is really cool because it's got like those big solar sail kind of a look thing. Mm -hmm. when, the, when the sail isn't extended, it just looks like a shuttlecock. Mm, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, a little bit. But it's like the, a shuttlecock and a 50s rocket ship is, had a baby. Is a shuttlecock <laughs> the thing that you badminton. play badminton with? Thanks. Yep. But then the wingies come out, and it's really pretty because it's gold and fluttery, like a big butterfly. Mm. And then it's got that in unfortunate interior that makes it look like they forgot to put in the background. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's all just blue walls that look just like blue screens. I feel like it kind of looks to me more like a jet ski or like a ski-doo, a sea-doo, okay. than a uh, shuttlecock. I'm not trying to be contrary. It can be two things. It can, you're right. Yeah, I think it's, it's a Rorschach test. I think from sh different angles, it, it you can see, I can see where both of you are coming from, depending on the angle you're looking at it from. It also kind of looks like a grappling hook. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. That is true, too. And a penis. No, sorry, now I've gone too far. <laughs> Where's the clitoris no. on this thing? Um, right and a Dilophosaurus. Right on the tip. Yikes. All right. Good. And like oh, yeah, this is that little button. You're probably right. Yeah, I think they picked a good color for it because it looks it looks very majestic when it's open. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It'll catch your it'll catch your attention against the vast void of space. Mm. <laughs> well, except that whole bit of space was all red and shit because of the yeah, briar patch. In, yeah, they're in the in the briar patch. I don't remember what the Briar Patch is. Yeah, it's alright. It's a terrible. What is movie. this? Is this from the F. Murray Abrams episode? I mean, no, that's yeah, F. Murray the... Abraham. Yeah, he was a uh, bad man. Yeah, in a no, 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 terrible no, no, no. film. Batman. It's not that bad. It's a pretty good film. Uh, it's got a good-looking ship. I mean, he's, he's great. He's always great. It not is a definitely great, not a great film. Not the worst of the TNG films. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I think it still is for the me. Worst, but it's not good. Well, you're you're allowed to be a stubborn, wrong asshole. And that's all. That's the last <laughs> ship that I have that we're going to look at for, I, for this week. I feel like you're allowed to be a stubborn, wrong asshole should be like the byline of this podcast, kind of. <laughs> that's all of us at one point or another, True. I feel like. Oh, yeah. Except True. me. I'm so agreeable. 
Uh, I, hate to, I, hate, I hate to inform you, Caitlin. <laughs> well, I disagree. <laughs> ah, that stubbornness. I know. All right, so those are the ships from uh, TOS and TNG that we're looking at for this week. Next week, there will be more from whatever the next uh, series are, and we'll look at them. And again, I'm, I'm skipping. I'm skipping a lot of ships because there's way too many, and also because I didn't get the Eagle Moss Alpha Quadrant sh- uh, ship book because it came out, and then Eagle Moss went away, so I couldn't get it. Whoops. Are we gonna look at all the animated ships? No. Darn. More like ships. A. I got their number. You do. Check us out, Ames. Yeah, so next week, check us out for more ship chat. Check us out also for more Voyager chat, chat, because we have more chat chat. Neat. Ship chat. (laughs) Because we have more Voyager episodes next week. Episodes Prey and Retrospect. Ooh. I almost wish that we had timed it so that Hunters and Prey would be in the same week. Because that's funny. Uh, But it's not how it worked out. Next week, we're doing those. So definitely check us out next week for that. Well, I also think it's kind of funny that the episode called Message in a Bottle was not the one that had all the fucking messages. Well, the mm. everybody was be the getting, message. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, then they had an episode wherein everybody was getting letters from afar. It's yeah. also not how Message in a Bottle work, either. That's right? true, too, yeah. Like, they had a specific place Yeah, Message place in they a were... Bottle is definitely only by luck. Yeah. It's a bad title. And it's <laughs> goddamn pollution. Stop throwing shit into the ocean. <laughs> Whoops. All right, so check us. put a fish in the bottle. It's supposed to be in the ocean. No. Yikes. Yeah, so check us out next week for that. In the meantime, you can be checking out all of our other past podcast or blah, 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 blah. Once more. Yep. So hot. Jesus yeah. Christ. It is hot. Um, sweaty boy. Yeah, make, make sure that you are up to date on all of our blog activities over on the Tumblr. You can also check out our fanfics from last week that I know you all enjoyed very, very much. Uh, it was a good week for us, so make sure to read them. They're up on, on the Tumblr as well, sshbpodcast.com. Uh, you can listen to old podcast episodes on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to episodes of things. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can join us next week. Until then, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is always Chris. All right, now what else can we shove a singularity into? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs>